GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. The big breakfast returns on Friday. Chesterton staff will prepare breakfast baps to raise money for the GBC Open Day. They'll be down at Bruno's on Friday, frying eggs, bacon, sausages or vegan sausages, creating mouth-watering breakfast baps. We are joined by Chesterton's founder and director, Mike Nichols, with details of how you can get involved and support local charities. What are the issues that unite in-house lawyers from different industries? Entain's general counsel, Simon Zinger, joins us. But first, the British and Spanish foreign ministers are set to meet later today at a NATO summit in Brussels. Do you think that the meeting between José Manuel Álvarez and David Cameron could move Gibraltar closer to a future relationship treaty with the EU? A question for my colleague, Kevin Ruiz. Yes, um, this morning the Spanish Minister for the for Foreign Affairs, uh, José Manuel Álvarez, uh, appeared on La Mirada Crítica on Telecinco. He confirmed he had a first contact with David Cameron um, in his new capacity um, on Monday, and he confirmed they specifically had a phone conversation regarding Gibraltar, and both agreeing that they, they need to progress the Gibraltar matter at the earliest opportunity. The Spanish Foreign Minister has reminded us that he already put forward an agreement many months ago. Of course, we knew that. Nothing new there. It's, not, ag- it's not an agreement. No. It's not an agreement. It, 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 it's, it's, pro- it's what Spain pro- would the, accept. The Spanish proposal. Yeah, the Spanish so proposal. proposal. Yeah, yeah, the Spanish proposal, which he labelled as balanced and generous, and that this would be the uh, this would set the path to follow. Now, he says he'll be flying to Brussels today for that NATO meeting and both David Cameron and himself um, have agreed to make time to continue discussing the Gibraltar or the potential Gibraltar agreement face-to-face later today. He says Spain hopes to sign this agreement, the Spanish proposal, um, to, as early as tomorrow. Of course, I think the narrative we've been seeing over the last few months, over the last few weeks, over the last few days, um, Spain... Oh, the negotiation process has been unlocked with the Spanish government now in place. Um, those negotiations and conversations were paused while Spain was trying to elect its own government. They've now been unlocked and we can now see perhaps Spain applying um, some pressure points. A reminder, no? Um, this needs to move. We need to reach an agreement. We need to conclude this. Everybody's uh, playing from the same hymn sheet. Everybody agrees they need to be concluded. But I think locally here, and this is where the local expertise and the local experience applies. Now, I think we can all see perhaps reminders of what could be in store for Gibraltar if an agreement is not reached. We've seen delays at the frontier. We've seen those queues. That's happened over the decades since that frontier reopened. And it's always a constant reminder of what... um, uh, a what, what's at stake? Yeah, yeah. What's at stake? Let, and let's have a listen to the, to the, the actual, yeah, the actual words that Jose Manuel Alvarez has has uh, used, and then I'll ask you a question or two yeah. about the frontier. Tuvimos una conversación telefónica desde Barcelona, donde me encontraba yo, eh, para precisamente tratar el tema del acuerdo de Gibraltar, y hemos estado de acuerdo en que tenemos que avanzar eh, lo antes posible. España ha puesto encima de la mesa hace ya muchos meses un acuerdo, un acuerdo equilibrado 
y generoso y es por ahí por donde vamos a transitar. Y hoy, según termine el Consejo de Ministros, voy a volar a Bruselas para la Ministería de la OTAN, donde veré a David Cameron por primera vez y ayer por teléfono quedamos en que hoy seguiríamos hablando ya cara a cara en un primer contacto personal, eh, presencial, para seguir avanzando. Lo que España quiere es que este acuerdo se firme mañana. All right, the words of José Manuel Álvarez uh, speaking to the Spanish media this morning. He said uh, David Cameron and he had already had a phone call. Uh, there's a, a, an agreement that they need to advance the negotiations over a future relationship agreement for Gibraltar and the EU and importantly Spain. Uh, there's a proposal on the table, Mr. Álvarez said. He is flying to Brussels today and will meet for the first time face-to-face -face with Lord Cameron. So What we're asking is, could that um, prompt a significant uh, move towards or even uh, an agreement on a future relationship treaty? And uh, Kevin Rees is looking at that story uh, for GBC. Uh, so the first face-to-face -face meeting, um, you know, it's an opportunity, I suppose, for Lord Cameron, uh, who is the new element in that, in the, yeah. to, to sort of try and bring something, new ingredient there as well. something to it, no? Yes, I mean, um, we've heard before that um, the UK side, Gibraltar side, is perhaps not entirely in agreement with the Spanish proposal, hence the delay, hence why no agreement has been reached over the many months. This was proposed by Spain before the June, before the July election. It's been on hold. We obviously do not agree with the proposal that Spain has put forward. Um, that's why the agreement or the, the, the conversations are still happening. Um, David Cameron, a new ingredient there. What's he got to make out of this Spanish proposal? We still don't know. We've heard nothing um, from David Cameron on what Spain has already proposed many All months right. ago. Well, we might have more by, uh, by the end of today. Uh, Kevin, you mentioned the frontier being a constant reminder of what's at play, the freedom of movement for people and goods. Uh, between Spain and Gibraltar. What, what, what's the latest? You, you've got another story that you're working on. Well, we're always receiving reports from um, people resident in Gibraltar, red ID card holders, and those who do not red ID, uh, red ID cards, um, about having issues crossing the frontier or, or, or being questioned by uh, Spanish uh, border police. Um, today, the Spanish press, the Europa Sur, the regional daily, reports that according um, to their... Uh, conversations with Spanish police, um, they've confirmed that 90% of hotel reservations that, that police have checked at the frontier are fraudulent or dishonest. By this meaning, um, police say they've been able to ascertain that uh, several Gibraltar residents who do not hold red ID cards and thereby need to prove um, and uh, give reason and explanation for their visit into Spain... Um, They say that many of these bookings have occurred whilst people have been queuing up at the frontier and that these bookings have been cancelled moments after they were contracted. Um, police, of course, saying Spanish police, the Policía Nacional saying these bookings are just uh, happening as an excuse, as a reason to be, be uh, you know, with people wanting to provide a reason to Spanish police to go across and then they cancel those bookings. So a hack for yeah. blue ID card holders who um, would need a, a valid reason for entering Schengen, unlike mm. red ID card holders who are treated a little bit more Because generously by, by, by the Spanish authorities. Yes. Uh, and the Spanish police are therefore suggesting that uh, people with blue ID cards um, are, are, are using, are making a, a booking in a hotel. For the purposes then, of... Then they're getting 
booking, they're downloading that booking confirmation and then they're cancelling it. Yes, especially with many sites nowadays not having a penalty fee for, for cancellation as well. Um, they say as a result of uh, these uh, fraudulent bookings, there's no number specified. They only say 90%, but we don't know how many bookings there's could actually. Be, yeah, it could be 9 out of 10, for exactly, example. Exactly, yeah. Um, or, or what time frame? Exactly. They do not specify a time frame or the volume of hotel reservations. They say as a result of this 90%, um, they'll be checking, they'll be carrying out more stringent checks on third party, party nationals wishing to enter Spain via the Gibraltar frontier. All right. Bueno, pues ya sabe. No cheating. No, no cheating. No cheating allowed, guys. People will be checked and... That's the thing. It implies that when people are making bookings at the frontier to get across and then getting across, Policia Nacional will keep an eye on those bookings that they've actually uh, taken note of to see whether they're actually cancelled moments after uh, the person crosses the frontier. They're not taking them at face value. No. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Who isn't a fan of a yummy breakfast bap? On Friday, Chesterton's is hosting their big breakfast. Staff will be preparing any combination of egg, bacon and uh, sausage or vegan sausage baps to help raise money for the GBC Open Day, which of course supports so many local charities. And Chesterton's are offering delivery as well as a pop-up breakfast stall outside their Ocean Village office. Uh, joining us here in the Radio Gibraltar studio is Chesterton's founder and director, Mike Nichols. Thank you for doing so, Mike. And, um, and, and how's the mood, you know, a few days to go? How's the team feeling about what is what must be a, a huge challenge for you guys logistically and, and to, to deliver that many baps and to make sure that they're tasty? It is a huge challenge because we, we sell properties. We don't do this every day, but it's exciting. It's different. It's the onset of Christmas. It's our ninth or tenth year this year. So everybody turns up on Friday with a different task. And everybody has to be in by eight o'clock. We've got a team in Bruno's, a team outside our, our Cheston's estate agency and a team on deliveries. So that's the online orders you were talking about, and we work really hard. Well, we normally work hard, but we work harder Friday morning, and we hope to make anything between 1,300 and 1,500 breakfast baps, and that's hard work. I can imagine, yeah. I mean, it would be hard work for, for any professional kitchen, but yes. um, but you guys are, are, are using a professional kitchen, but you're not profession, professional kitchen people. We, we, we have the resident chef from Bruno, so he's there making sure we don't do anything wrong. But no, uh, a team go there. They're the ones cooking the, the sausages, the eggs, the bacon, the vegan sausages. They're the ones buttering the baps. And then there we have someone at the end pulling the orders together in the bag. Then we have a delivery team, and they take their bag and either walk, e-bike, we've got the e-bike people helping us, but we have our own e-bikes, or, or we run, or we moped, and we get out to the the kind companies um, that have placed orders. And, of course, every single penny goes to, to GBC Open Day, so your charities. There's yeah, no leakage so on any cost. So if, if a breakfast bat costs you £4.50, then... GBC Open Day gets £4.50. Which is brilliant, which is brilliant. And um, and thank you so much for doing that. What What's the motivation for you guys to to well, get involved so, so heavily? Um, we got It all started as a bake sale in about 2012 and we just made a few cakes and spent an hour selling them in the afternoon and then it evolved and evolved and now it's become pretty big and now the motivation, well, my motivation is make sure we're better than last year, bigger, better, be more efficient, make more. So it's good fun. It becomes a bit entrepreneurial. How can we how can we improve it? 
and it's worth making the effort because the charity backdrop and it's yeah. good fun it's good fun for Sorbet absolutely shattered by the afternoon I, I can see but... it also working as a sort of a team bonding I mean put pressure on you for sure but but yes. sort of I'm sure it, it must do something for, for the team morale oh yes if the person cooking eggs can't keep up with the person cooking bacon there's an issue and then we play the apprentice and we go and have a beer afterwards and we play <laughs> who should go into the boardroom who was the be- weakest point and, <laughs> and you know no pressure and who should be fired and we don't quite get down that route but we do that in quite maybe a Maybe they have to buy a drink. It, maybe they have to buy a round. It's quite a fun sort of post-mortem in the afternoon. Excellent. Um, brilliant. Okay, so um, importantly, if, if somebody is listening and thinking, well, actually, why not? You know, I can I can order myself a, a breakfast bap and, and, and help support the GBC Open Day. What do they have to do? Two ways. So go to our website, which is chestertons.gi forward slash big breakfast. And there's the order form. Go click, 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 click. And then you can order... We, I just checked, we're up to a 1,000 now. Oh, wow. And our capacity is probably 1,200. Oh, goodness. So Brilliant, yeah, of course. that's going to, hopefully, this last little push will push us to the capacity, and so we'll have to take that down in the next 24 hours. With any luck, we won't if people don't go there. And then on Does the Does that day, mean that you can't actually sort of... So nece- you won't necessarily have any to sell sort of... 1,200 is all is what we can do. Um, that's, that's the capacity of the whole team and yeah. the delivery. So we hopefully will get there in the next 24 hours, but we've still got capacity, so please go onto our website and go click, click, click. Then the other way is we've got a team outside our Ocean Village shop, and that's for individuals, people just wanting one, two, three or four for their colleagues. Come along, join a very small queue... And we'll cook it um, there in front of you and you'll have the freshest breakfast bap available. Pay on the day and we hope to do, say, around 300 of those. But if we can do 400, we'll do 400. And we want to beat last year's record of £6,800. So there's the motivation. So yes, please come along. So, uh, okay, so you, you've said that every single penny goes to the GBC Open Day, so that that is uh, thanks to uh, donations by certain companies which support the, the yes, big breakfast so, so venture. Yes, so it's really important that the, these people are recognised. So Morrison's donate the breakfast baps, 1,500 of them. So what we do, they send us the bill, we don't pay them, we just add it to the charitable pot, so we're still paying for it. Retso do the bacon and sausages, so they issue us the bill they would have done, and we put that into the charitable bot, pot. E-bike aren't charging, and Bruno's aren't charging for the services of their, their kitchen, their chef, and they supply the eggs. So with those donations from those kind companies, we're already, say, £900, £1,000, which Cheston's put in, in lieu of buying. So you know, just to reiterate, if you pay £4.50 for your breakfast bap, that, that's the amount going to charity. So, uh, yeah, thank you to Bruno's, Retso, Morrison's, and, of course, Chesterton's for supporting the GBC Open Day so so um, heavily. Uh, let me ask you, Mike, as uh, as director of uh, Chesterton's, a uh, real estate company, uh, do you learn things about your employees during the big breakfast that, um, you know, might be uh, things that you, something that you keep in mind uh, for, for your, your everyday business? Yes, we do, because you know that there's different roles no pun intended, but there's different roles <laughs> there in the various teams and we need leaders, we need those who can sort of pull together an order, we need people who prefer a production line of uniformity, so we'll have one person who will just butter 1,500 bats, we'll have someone pulling together the whole orders to make sure that order is correct and signing off. And So, yes, people request certain tasks and we allocate certain tasks Ultimately, everyone's pretty happy with what they do, 
and it's good fun and we breathe a sigh of relief when it's all over but we enjoy it and um yeah and i suppose a successful company needs a combination of people who are able to get on with a very clearly defined task and other people who are able to sort of unlock the uncertainty and be a bit creative yes of course it's a complete blend in that whole production line of of cooking preparing delivering taking the money and and yes so like any normal company you want a range of skills all right well um I mentioned Bruno's, Retzo and Morrison's, and I suppose uh, we should give a shout-out to Stuart as well for the um, electric deliv- bicycle delivery element. Yep, so so we've got some e-bikes. He, he, uh, hopefully him and his colleague will help us because it looks good. Hopefully he'll dress up as an elf as he did last year. That was, that was quite popular. Um, let's see what he wears on Friday. It's, he's keeping it a surprise. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television... Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Some large firms in Gibraltar have their own in-house legal team and for the first time a group of them, a group of in-house lawyers from a cross-section of Gibraltar's businesses have organised under the umbrella of the Association of Corporate Counsel. Uh, It's a, a global legal association promoting common professional and business interests of in-house lawyers. They share information, education and uh, and do a bit of networking. Uh, so their first event held recently was the brainchild of Entain's General Counsel, Simon Zinger, who joins us now. Uh, thank you for doing so. Good afternoon, Simon. And uh, tell us why was it important for uh, local in-house lawyers to get together? Yeah, Jonathan, it's uh, lovely to be here. Thank you. Look, uh, in-house lawyers, just just for listeners, just just so we understand, in-house lawyers are lawyers who work inside companies, right? So we have different types of lawyers these days. We have government lawyers. We have uh, uh, lawyers in law firms. The in-house lawyers look after the company's needs. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, we're, we're forgotten in terms of networking, uh, development, uh, uh, being able to... Uh, uh, speak to one another, learn from one another. But there is this global organization, you referred to it, the uh, the Association of Corporate Counsel, 40,000, Jonathan, 40,000 global members around the world. There are nearly 4,000 in Europe and nearly 1,000 in the UK. But I noticed that there were zero in Gibraltar. Right. So, so clearly we want to support uh, the in-house lawyers in Gibraltar. Uh, I also feel like by supporting the in-house lawyers in Gibraltar, we're supporting companies in Gibraltar. By, by extension, we're supporting companies and therefore we're, we're supporting Gibraltar more widely. And that, that was the goal behind uh, initiating this. Sure. So, so two thoughts spring to mind. One is that given that your work is, uh, to a certain extent, in different industries, uh, what are some of the issues that different in-house lawyers yeah. share? Yeah, Jonathan, so it's, it's, a, it's a good question. So, so by coming together, we're sharing best practices, so things that you can, you can, uh, you can take across different industries. You know, how, how do you behave? How do you support your company? How do you support your employees? Uh, how do you support your local communities? Uh, there's a lot of advocacy that's done by the Association of Corporate Counsel to encourage in-house lawyers to support their local communities. So, for example, we do pro bono projects. Uh, we do access uh, to justice projects where we help people who can't access justice on their own. So these types of things that normally an in-house lawyer on his or her own would not be able to touch or see, we give them an opportunity to do it with, with a bigger group of people. Uh, using learnings and experiences from many other countries where in, other in-house lawyers have done these kinds of things before. So we're bringing people together. We're uh, helping them, I think, to improve what they do, improve who they are as lawyers. 
and uh, giving them maybe a, a different path forward. Obviously, you your own sort of background is within Entain, uh, which is a gaming company. Are, are some of the other in-house counsel also from that industry? Yeah, Jonathan, what's great to see is that we do have counsel from the gaming industry. Uh, we had in-house counsel that came to our first uh, meeting from the financial services industry. We have other companies, obviously, in, in Gibraltar in, in other industries, and we're keen to include everybody uh, in this effort. No matter how small these companies might be, we'd love to see someone from, the, uh, from their in-house departments join us. And you can do that thinking of uh, sort of, uh, you know, meeting with essentially representatives of competitors. You can share best practices without giving away competitive advantage. Absolutely, Jonathan. So because what we're talking about is, you know, how do we how do we work as better lawyers? We're not necessarily talking about uh, the substance of what they do every day for their uh, company clients. You know, we're talking about how do you perform your legal services in an in a efficient manner, in an effective manner, uh, in the most ethical manner. You know, what are the things that lawyers in uh, the United States, in the UK, in other European countries uh, are finding uh, to be challenges? And how do we um, meet those challenges together and learn from those challenges? So it's a wide body, I think, of, of uh, learnings that we'd like to introduce to, uh, to Gibraltar in-house lawyers to learn from. So you mentioned uh, ESG, or, or we did. Um, I, I certainly mentioned. It, I think. Um, tell us a little bit about how, how you, as in-house counsel, uh, approach um, those challenges. Yeah, yeah. So look, you know, every company probably faces it in, in a different way. Uh, you know, we we do quite a lot in terms of governance. Uh, we we give back to our communities, but you know, every every company has a different mandate, perhaps, or or a different strategy in relation to it. What we'd like to do uh, under the umbrella of the Association of Corporate Counsel, Jonathan, is to give people examples. If there's something maybe that your company isn't doing in the ESG space, uh, if there's a way that it isn't yet interacting with the local community, supporting the local community, doing things that help the environment, for example, we want to give in-house lawyers in Gibraltar, those kinds of experiences, those kinds of learnings, so they could take that back to their companies and share them uh, internally. Okay, and uh, at your first meeting, you had uh, the Minister for Trade and Industry and Justice, Nigel Feetham, attend. Uh, it was hosted by the law firm Hassans. Can you tell us what you discussed um, as as a collective? What you discussed with the government minister as well? Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it was it was it was wonderful to see uh, Minister Feetham. Uh, he obviously has a, a very ambitious. Uh, agenda for Gibraltar, uh, for his portfolio. We felt that by inviting him that we could make a connection, uh, a connection that would obviously help us as, as lawyers working for, for industry in Gibraltar, but help him in terms of, you know, how could we help him move his agenda forward? And so in that initial meeting, uh, I think it was a very nice first step to be able to get to know each other. I think Minister Feedham, for the first for the first time, saw a group of uh, in-house lawyers in Gibraltar uh, coming together and discussing uh, the way forward, what, what we can do to improve uh, ourselves, improve our companies, improve uh, industry in Gibraltar. I think he very much appreciated that. Uh, a number of us then, uh, because of the links that we forged in that meeting, a number of us attended the forum that uh, Minister Feedham uh, hosted uh, just a few days ago uh, in relation to uh, employment opportunities for youth in uh, Gibraltar. And because of the, those links, we very much now want to support him in those kinds of endeavours. So it was a wonderful first um, opportunity to meet, but also to support each other.
And uh, on the uh, point of getting more young people mm. um, locally sort of skilled up uh, for um, gaming jobs or yes. jobs in the gaming industry, uh, what, what, what comment would you make? I mean, uh, do we need to do more technology in schools? Uh, I mean, I know that you're obviously a legal professional, but uh, you know, uh, is there a particular skill set yeah. that we need to work on? Jonathan, look, I think technology is always a, a great start, right? No matter what, what you do these days. Uh, from our perspective, what we'd like to do at Intain, and this is something that we'd like to communicate with uh, the minister about, is to offer, uh, at the beginning at least, internship opportunities. Like, we, we want people to see maybe the full range of things that you can do in a company. So it doesn't only have to be technology. You know, our, our legal team is very passionate about giving back, about interacting with uh, with the community and supporting the community. We'd like to offer, sh- offer internship opportunities uh, in, in the legal team. But uh, there's marketing, there's uh, operations, there's products, uh, there's graphic design, so many things that uh, our our companies in our industry can offer. Well, and we'd like to take a few steps forward. Excellent. Okay. Well, we look forward to hearing more on that. Um, tell us a little bit about how many when you when you talk about a, an Entame, which is a large uh, betting company, a sports betting company. Um, uh, how how many members are in your legal team, and also how many um, members have you got so far in the in the association of in-house lawyers? Okay, so in, on our team globally, we, we are growing. Intain is a company that's that's growing globally. Uh, we have, as as I'm sure many of your listeners will know, we have a strategy which is quite unique in the industry. A strategy of uh, operating only in regulated or regulating markets. Uh, Because of that, as you can appreciate, uh, there's a lot of uh, work around regulation, licensing, compliance, and that's why our team has grown. We have a large uh, group of people here uh, that support us from a compliance, AML, governance, company secretary perspective here in Gibraltar, uh, Jonathan, and and, and those numbers are, are increasing for the legal team. And the association, the the first meeting that we had, uh, we are not quite uh, as many people. Uh, we found about 30, 30 people That's so far in the industry. No? We think we have uh, 50, 60. Oh, okay. If not P- more. Potential members, if not no? more. Exactly. People so we, who are working as in-house lawyers. In or, Gibraltar. So we, the, the goal is like over the next few months... Uh, we want to raise awareness. We want to have more meetings. We want to have more get-togethers. We want to give people a chance to to network, to get to know each other, uh, and and increase the numbers. And I suppose if you're uh, if you're doing international business from Gibraltar, uh, to a certain extent, you would also have to rely on legal opinions from the different places that you work in. Exactly. Exactly. So we have we have a presence uh, in in many countries around the world. Uh, what's nice is uh, back to your point about uh, youth uh, and giving people opportunities. What's nice is we are giving um, uh, people on our team in Gibraltar a chance to interact with other companies, other jurisdictions, other lawyers uh, in other countries, uh, which which obviously enriches uh, their own development. So uh, it's great to be able to do this from Gibraltar with the people that we have in Gibraltar. I've got a, a question or two more yeah. uh, about doing business from Gibraltar, but uh, l- let me put to you first um, that uh, Entain reached a, a NIN principal agreement, which will see the gaming company pay over £600 million to settle a long-running bribery investigation that stems from the sale of a Turkish subsidiary. Uh, are you able to comment on this area of business at all? Jonathan, look, uh, I, I can only really say that we have put a number of announcements uh, publicly about the situation. It, it's very much a legacy situation uh, for the company uh, before it was known as uh, as, a, as Intain. Uh, there will be a, a court hearing to formalize uh, things uh, next week uh, in London that we are very much looking forward to. And that would uh, mean 
putting this chapter uh, behind us. So very much a legacy issue. And uh, lots of work has gone into, I think, not only working on this issue, but uh, changing what the company is and how we operate uh, internally. And I appreciate that we have arranged this interview on the basis of, um, you know, talking about the association of in-house lawyers that you've formed. But uh, it would be remiss of me to to point out, or to not point out rather, that GBC reported last week that um, Entain may have uh, let off or let go an unspecified an unspecified number of local workers. Um, we did ask the company for comment. Uh, we didn't really receive any comment, but I just wanted to put it to you. Jonathan, uh, thank you. So unfortunately, that's not something I can discuss. Uh, we would have to go back to a company spokesman on those kinds of questions. Okay. Uh, and uh, you have mentioned that the legal team certainly is is growing I- in Gibraltar un- yes. under you. Um, uh, let me ask you uh, about uh, Gibraltar as a place to do business mm-hmm. for Entain, a global betting company. Mm-hmm. Um, how's the, the, the sports betting industry doing generally? Look, uh, Gibraltar is, is still uh, very much for us a very important place to be. Uh, we have uh, access to uh, amazing talent here, uh, many of which work for us. They Obviously, they work for, for our competitors as well. Um, we have um, great support from, uh, from the government. Uh, we have um, you know, great su- support from the community. And, and in turn, we want to give back to the community as much as we can. So you know, I think uh, it, it, is, it is a wonderful place. It's a fantastic place. Uh, and I think uh, Intain very much values uh, being in Gibraltar. And... Uh, what about Gibraltar-specific challenges? And I'm thinking in particular about the ongoing, longer-term uncertainty about the Gibraltar frontier in the absence of a future relationship treaty. As in-house counsel, what view do you take of that uncertainty? Look, uh, uh, maybe a little bit like Brexit, Jonathan. Uh, we we see these challenges as lawyers, and we find ways to uh, to overcome them. We you know we find ways to to find solutions to things. So I wouldn't say that uh, that we're challenged. Obviously, we we would want uh, things to work in the in, in the best interests of Gibraltar and and uh, the, the the community here in Gibraltar. Uh, but for the time being, you know, we're doing the best we can with uh, these challenges. I think we're doing fine. That's that's good news. Uh, so just to, to bring it back finally to the Association of Corporate Counsel, uh, in-house lawyers in Gibraltar have uh, got together under that umbrella. Uh, do you foresee future events? Uh, what, what, what do you think will be the next steps for the association? Yeah, look, look, Jonathan, definitely. Look, we'd like to get other law firms involved because uh, they're, they're a key uh, part of the support that uh, we would be getting from, uh, from uh, the, the legal community here in Gibraltar. We'd like to have the support of uh, more individuals in, in, in government, I think, to, uh, to be able to, uh, to you know, help us create more awareness uh, about, about the importance of this issue. Uh, and definitely, we will have more events, and uh, we'd like to get people excited uh, with, with the opportunities that the uh, Association of Corporate Counsel can afford to them. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. There has been an outpouring of love for the photographer Grace Torres, who sadly passed away. Jonathan Sacramento, my colleague, put together a beautiful tribute for the photojournalist, which can be found on our website and on our social media. If you haven't watched it, I can highly recommend it. It featured a lovely clip of Grace singing during this year's National Day concert, which was, of course, in honour of her late brother, Philip Valverde. When somebody loves you, it's no good unless he loves you. Oh, the way. Happy 
Absolutely beautiful. Um, Grace, of course, was a, a strong, strong, wonderful and kind woman, says Christina. Uh, Sharon says Grace was always very kind to those who she interviewed and photographed and she was loved by uh, the children and adults of the Chess Association. Her heartfelt sympathy goes to Grace's family. Loads of comments on our social media um, directed at the... Torres family uh, sharing fond memories of Grace. Uh, Bridget says, RIP to a shining star. Giselle calls her a lovely lady. Um, Jenny says that Grace was a warrior. Uh, Veronica says that she will always have fond memories of Grace working at First Steps Nursery. Kaylee calls her a beautiful soul. Neelam says she was a wonderful friend and a wonderful human being. And Debs says that uh, she was simply a pleasure to know. Grace Torres. A friend and a colleague who will be sorely missed. She was ever-present at, uh, at all events, big and small, always ready with her camera and, um, and managed to move seamlessly from analogue photographs on film to digital photographs and, um, and the, you know, as all of us using her mobile phone where appropriate as well. Uh, a good photographer, but more than that, uh, a wonderful person. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.